five, four, three, two, one, zero. Welcome back to the Intrinsic Podcast. As always, I am one of your amazing co-hosts. My name is Juan. Oh, oh I guess that Q- must make me Omar. Q Omar. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> and this is my friend Omar. And we're back here with another episode. I'm excited to talk about anything and everything that comes up. This is going to be another, what did you call it last time, unhinged episode. Yeah, I don't, I don't like that title. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> Sounds off like the we're rails, about, off like the hook. We've gone crazy, Unchained. off the wall. Vans, ooh. Well, we don't have their sponsorship yet, but that's true. This is just a uh, free flowing episode. Just me and Omar talking, um, but anything and any, everything that comes up, and yeah, let's kick it off, Omar. Well, welcome back, everybody. Another great episode in the store. Um, yeah, you know, we liked the first one that we did, and we kind of wanted to do another one of these, you know, basically two guys talking shop, you know, talking shit, uh, putting <laughs> each other on blast, putting everybody else on blast. Uh, yeah, this is really, um, people might think, oh, like, oh, this is new, they're trying something new, but this was the original podcast, because this mm-hmm. is what we did, like, literally in high school, back when the first unpublished episodes were coming out where we would just like hang out and talk for like two three four five hours about yeah random stuff but also it actually had a pretty big emphasis on philosophy which i thought was you know interesting i mean i was really into it you Mm. were also kind of interested in it you know we were very you had a very free mind back then so i feel like um a lot of my friends did so yeah I kind of baited you guys into like, hey, let's talk about this. Like, what do you think about this? Let's be like, mm. uh, yeah, 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 let's talk about that. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's cool. Yeah, I think, uh, well, then and still kind of still now, I kind of embody like a, a 60s hippie, you know, post-Vietnam War kind of person, you know, like laid back, okay. like, hey, Weird. let's all like love each other and be peaceful, mm-hmm. you know? Um. That's kind of how I think Lame. of myself back in high school. Yes. Screw that, <laughs> dude. And like, why do you want to love would, people? Why would you want love and, and peace and good vibes? Like, who wants yeah. that crap, right? That's terrible. Yeah. So exactly. gross. Yeah. We want <laughs> modern day dictatorships. All right. That's what we want. That's what we need. Okay. Right, you don't have to go to that extent either. <laughs> we don't want to be extremists. Okay. Yeah. No extremists here. Bring it back. Bring it back. Um, yeah, that's right. That that is kind of what we would do back in the day. Um, I think that's also partially because that's what uh we were talking about. What was that sophomore year? And Miss uh, Spragans, Spragans, Miss Lawson. I will always call her Miss Lawson. I don't care who yeah. she married. <laughs> yeah, we don't care about you, dude. All right, we only care about her. No, I really don't. I never met you. Don't care about you. Yeah, she was a gangster, though. She was a G. She was. She was I, super. Uh, I I I admired her because. Although I was kind of set up for failure, well, you know, because of my own fault, right? It wasn't necessarily yeah. anybody else's. But <laughs> yeah. um, walking into the class, the best grade I could get would be a C because I didn't do the uh, summer assignment. 
And yeah. so big mistake. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I honestly don't remember how it was even possible for me to not get that summer assignment. I I honestly think somebody just didn't get it to me or or what I I don't remember to be honest. Mm. Of course, me not wanting to assume responsibility, right? Mm. Um I I genuinely don't remember. But point is I didn't get it. I did end up going to summer school, so I found out about it once I was in summer school. But by then, it had already been towards, like, midway through the summer break. And I'm like, damn, read this whole book about philosophy? Nah, I think I'm good. Like, what's the worst that could happen? And then, of course, I get to the school year. <laughs> it's like, well, the worst that can happen is that the best grade you'll get is a C. And, of course, I was never an A student, so at that point, <laughs> my grade was like a D, D minus. So. That's you funny. Know. You were you you were like a uh, when the odds were against you, like nah, I'm out. Yeah, and pretty much. Full disclosure: I never read that book either. I did not want to. I started it, and I literally read like three pages. And full disclosure: I did not understand it. Like my mind was just not developed enough. That 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 it's book was so it was Sophie's World, one of yeah. the hardest philosophy word philosophy works out there to read, yeah. especially I think like as a high school i mean to be fair it was honors english so you know we need a challenge but that book was to this day like the most abstract book i've ever read yeah and anyways i didn't read it but i still you know i didn't do a lot of things like i really wasn't like, as good of a student as i think people thought i was i mean i was when i really cared but i also like when i didn't care like got along I'm like okay it's kind of about this and it's kind of about that and I'm going to do this assignment and try to get the best grade. But yeah. I still don't care enough to read it. So, you know, the A. And here's the thing. You've known me and you know this to be true. Like, I know that I got, like, good grades and shit. But never once did I really think, like, wow, I really want an A. Like, yeah, like, I just want an A. Like, nothing about that. Even in high school, I was just, like, literally, these are letters. Like, they mean very little. The only right. reason... I turn in some assignments was like, well, I'm going to start applying to college. Well, they're going to probably look at this. Got to keep my GPA up or whatever. But never once have I really cared. I've, some of the classes I've loved the most, not just in high school, but in college, my bachelor's, part of my master's, I got seasoned because I didn't care about the grade, but I learned so much. I learned for sure more than like some of the A students. And some of my professors told me that. I think it was, um, my AP chemistry professor, where he's like, I feel like you're one of the best students here, but you, he's like, but you have one of the worst grades. And I was like, yep. Um, yep. He's like, if you just do this, I'm like, no, I'm gonna stop you there. I'm not interested. Um, but I do enjoy, you know, the parts that I enjoyed, I was the best at because I mean, when it's like with everything, when you love something, you just put more time into it than everybody else. You care more about it. And hence, your your work is just better, higher quality. Sure, sure, yeah. I mean that that was the thing about high school that like you literally could just get by by not trying. You know, copy here. You know, kind yeah. of uh, ask other people what they wrote about, what they did. Kind of come up with their own consensus and call it. It was harder. In, in, it was harder in a in honors and AP though. I will I will say that. Yeah, it was harder right, to get along. Sure. Not for sure. Yeah, I mean. That's ultimately the reason why I ended up leaving that class or dropping it or whatever. Um, although I hung with some of the best of them. They had nothing on my poetry. That's for sure. 
nothing on my fucking poetry. That was one thing I was very <laughs> yeah. prideful of. You're still to this day. Yeah. Yeah. Very prideful. I, uh, you know, the funny thing is I've, I've tried returning to that kind of, uh, that kind of place in my life in terms of like poetic skills. It's, it's kind of difficult because I used to think that, you know, when you're an artist, when you're creative, you attribute it to just a part of you, like it's in your genes, right? But it's yeah. also a craft. Like anything else, if you don't practice it, if you don't continually try to work on it, with time, it kind of fades away. Mm -hmm. um, you know, yeah, I've come up with poetry here and there, but it's, it's not all that great. It's not what I remember my, my poetry being uh, at all. It's very amateurish. But I try here and there. Sometimes I come up with things. Um, I don't know if I... Oh, yeah, I think I did, right? That one poem that I wrote called, like, Christian Rap. I think I said it on the podcast, right? I don't remember, but that sounds like a thing. Yeah, I don't know. That's probably, like, my proudest moment in terms of, like, poet, poetry mm -hmm. or whatever. But that I wrote over, like, several years and spent a while back if i haven't shared on the podcast i'll share it at some point but mm -hmm. yeah you know it's interesting when you talk about being creative or being an artist working on a craft it's different i think than studying you know for school or hitting the books or even hitting the gym it's a different kind of commitment because you can't quite quantify your success when it comes to art it's Sometimes it hits, sometimes it doesn't, you know? Mm -hmm. But. Yeah, I, yeah I've, that's... I've never, I've never really gotten into art. I'm not going to lie. I took an art class. thought mm -hmm. it was fun. Mainly because, like, as you knew, like, the art classes were, like, art slash ditch class and do whatever you want to do. Sure. And poetry I never really liked, to be honest. I mean, I don't know. Something about, like, compacting multiple ideas into a couple of sentences and then the, especially the comma structure and like really bothered me like why is there like four words a comma one word and then an entire space in between the next like that just i don't know structurally that just didn't make sense to me like that yeah. where do i stop talking where do i take a pause where do i keep going all that sort of stuff yeah sort of bothered me and yeah i've never really got in too much into the arts i really do to this day still want to like like have a day to just like doodle or draw or paint whatever it is because one of my sisters like is really into that mm. um and, and she says like oh it's great for relaxing so i, I want to do it for the sake of that kind of like a form of meditation if you will mm -hmm. um, i already do yoga which helps a lot but i don't know for whatever reason like the arts in terms of like i want to do art i want to be artistic never really um attracted me i've always sort of liked more of the uh let's build some shit that works let's build some cool stuff like as a kid i would break apart all my cars that they would give me and mm. and put new things in there and, and break other things and it was this whole thing like literally i think i took apart uh a speaker one time and tried to like put it back together i don't think it worked but i did <laughs> put it back together <laughs> yeah. um, those were the sort of things that that I was into and that I'm still sort of into, you know, to this day, it's developed more into like what my quote unquote career is now, which is like programming to build things um, mm -hmm. just through code. Um, 
Yeah. I do want to get into cars, which I know you're like into a lot more. And for the same sort of reason, I just like to break things apart, put them back together, see how they work and overall complicated things. Yeah. I think, um, I don't know. I think it's important with anything that you do in life, whether you have, you know, your legitimate career or, you know, you're working a nine to five, whatever you may be doing in terms of like, um, work or, you know, making your money to feed yourself, basically, whatever you may be doing, I think it's still important to have something on the side and kind of like a hobby or just something to kind of escape from, from just your work life. You know, it allows you to kind of de-stress a bit, be creative, not have to abide by any sort of regulations or rules, you know, like you would in a workplace. Um, you know, for me, it used to be poetry. It used to be drawing and art before then. It slowly converted into working on cars or whatever, but, you know, it can be anything, really. Sometimes it doesn't even have to be something that complicated. It could literally just be maybe, like, singing or... Uh, well, actually, singing is actually a lot more complicated now that I think about it. But, I don't know, it could be anything. But it's important to have those kinds of things, those pastimes, those hobbies. Um, there's people I follow on Instagram that, like, do a... I don't know what you would call it. I guess, like designing like clothes clothes designing or clothes designers or fashion designers yeah yeah one know? of my coworkers does that too i don't know yeah, if they would pretty cool if they would call it that they're more like oh i'm crafting something but they do make some pretty like nice like things and and as someone who likes fashion i'm like ooh, you know i'm gonna commission you to make something for me yeah 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 that'd be cool it's cool you know i respect the craft whatever it may be you know if you're listening you have your own little craft that you do i respect it you know because it's something that nobody else can take away from you it's unique to you it's your thing and nobody can take that away from you um yeah i mean i'd like to get back into that of course you know i'm building my truck and all that but something besides that you know something that i'm doing with paper i've lost the uh the touch of a paper and pencil and i kind of miss that it's uh I don't know. I think it's pretty cool for us to even have fingers and hands and be able to think of something in our minds and be able to jot it down or, or design something on a piece of paper, you know, have a blank canvas and come up with something. I think it's really neat that obviously nobody else in this world can do, just human beings, right? Maybe monkeys, actually, but it's it's something very unique to us, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm more, um, I told you, I want to get into uh, jiu-jitsu. Um, right boxing in the future as well but just yeah martial arts i suppose in the in general um again because i think it's complicated especially jiu-jitsu at least from like what i've heard about it from like podcasts and whatever else like it seems to be an unending actually on jocko jocko podcast Mm -hmm. um it seems to be like an unending learning experience and also think every not necessarily every guy but just every person should have some sort of knowledge on how to defend themselves you oh know, absolutely I think, like i i i mean we were just talking about before the podcast like neither of us have gotten into like a really fight fight per se um i used to get into like little fights in like middle school but it would be kind of like with friends just like messing around mm-hmm. um but like real real fights like no you know what i mean but it, and, and i don't expect to and i don't want to but also in the case of like i mean you know how it is you're 
out having a drink or you're you know having dinner and you come across someone who's like whether they're drunk or whatever it is there's there's always someone out there who's trying to like be smart about something it's just like for the sake i think it gives you like this confidence of like i don't want to do this but if this goes this way like i know i know how to do this yeah so that's kind of why why i'm doing it and also it's hard physically so I know it's going to suck and I'm going to be like suffering and like huffing and puffing out there, especially because like my cardio is okay, but you know, nowhere near of like a boxer or jujitsu person who has to like exert a hundred percent of the effort for like three minutes straight, take a mini break, come back another three minutes, 12 rounds. Like, damn, you are yoked if you can be able to do that. So Yeah. yeah, we'll see how it goes. Um, I also hope it's not too expensive because, yeah. Sure. Are you going to be doing it with a gi or without gi? Inform me on what a gi is. Oh, well, it's just like, you know, the robe that they wear when you do okay. like traditional jujitsu. That's how at least it was done originally. Now, of course, it's the sport has transformed into something else. And I don't want to act like I know everything that I'm talking about, but I just do know that there's different forms of it. Yeah. I have heard of like a gi. Um, but I've never looked into it. Every time I hear that, I think about the ghee clarified butter that that people in India use. Ah, <laughs> oh, sick. Come uh, <laughs> along. Yeah. I do. I do focus on food. Um, no, I. Yeah, I mean, I hope so. Um, however, it is that the place that I'm trying to go to asked me to do it. Yeah, I think I'll do it. I think I'll probably right now. I'm thinking like three days. Um, the inner me is like do it every day but um i already i don't plan to not work out every day so i'm like all right now if i'm gonna be working out every day then like jiu-jitsu has to come every three days and if i want to do jiu-jitsu every day then working out has to come like every three days so something like that there's I'm, I'm very aware that like the limits of my body especially this was the last two weeks when i've been like deathly sick I'm, like been yeah. fucking dying and somehow i've still been going to the gym I'm, like ooh. So there is a limit, you know, you can push that limit, you can make a new limit, but there's still that limit. So sure. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. No, that's cool. I mean, best of luck on your journey. Um, yeah, I think martial arts is another cool thing to get into. Obviously it's something like physical. Um, what else is there? I mean, cooking, I mean, you kind of just mentioned that, but you know, cooking is like another craft. It's really an art. When you get that really is that is it. my art actually i'll say that one that's yeah. that's the thing i really love to cook a culinary artist mm-hmm. um yeah i think that stuff is fascinating um i definitely yeah i definitely like to learn more about different things you know of course i don't want to just go back to poetry or just go back to drawing or whatever um i'd like to just do that on my free time you know doodle some stuff or whatever but i definitely like to kind of get into something else uh further down the line so we'll see what i end up digging into for now, the gym is my escape. I very much enjoy it. Um, I constantly get my ass kicked, but it humbles you. You know, there's nothing more humbling than almost getting crushed to death with a bunch of weight at, uh, at the gym. <laughs> yeah, especially when you're in front of people. Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, I have you yeah. to thank for that. You know, you definitely put me onto the gym. It's something that I have been kind of putting off for like the longest time. Um, and I knew deep down inside I wanted to get back into it because I had that gym membership. I just never went. And, mm-hmm. you know, 
finally it was just a matter of time that I started taking it more serious. But the good thing is, I think with any craft or any hobby or any pastime that you do, is to have a good teacher or a good mentor, right? Because Aww. had I gone to the gym for the first time <laughs> and you'd been like, yeah, bro, you could go, uh, you know, hit biceps and then hit chest and then we'll get out of here. I, I don't think I would have really dove in as deep as I am into the gym as I am now. Mm. Um, but because you kicked my ass every single time we went to the gym, like now it's like I'm still trying to hold myself accountable to that same level of intensity, you know. Yeah. Sometimes I come up short, but the goal is to aim that high, right? Not to lower your standards. Um, That's a really high intensity. Like, yeah. and, and I always tell you this, like, you know, make sure your form is right. Like, be good because form is everything. That intensity, like, yes, it's great. But man, like, that intensity with any sort of like flaw in your form or something is just like a recipe for disaster instantly. Yeah. So, you know, I, I've been able to like get to that level of intensity because I have focused on like, getting my form right and doing this right. And, and even with that, right, even with that, like I've tweaked like my neck a little bit or, or my shoulder, you know, right. it still happens. It's sort of inevitable. I told my mom the other day, like, like, oh, well, you, you know, you got to be careful. I'm like, you know, I understand, mom, but like, no podemos evitar todo is what I told her, you know, which yeah. pretty much translates to like, we can't, can't avoid everything. Sometimes you just, right. you do your best and you still get hurt or something happens. But yeah, man, those were really intense workouts. and. I, I'm actually surprised a little bit that you're like not that you're doing it, but that I didn't like dissuade you, because definitely when we were go working out, I wasn't thinking like oh yeah I'm gonna make a really hard workout, but I also like a lot of unlike a lot of people I wasn't thinking like oh shit you know what Omar doesn't really work out, let's have like a real like easy workout let's yeah just let's take it easy simple, not at all you know I, of yeah. course you weren't doing like the ways that I was doing, which would have literally like killed you. But it's like, <laughs> all right, let's do the reps that I'm doing. Let's do the exercise that I'm doing. Let's mm -hmm. finish really, you know, in a good place. I remember like that bobsled that I, that I pushed you on as well, where you were pushing the sled, things like that, where it's like mm. someone who has never really worked out or maybe not never worked out, but who hasn't done it actively, you'd think like, oh, let's just you know, go for a run together. Let's just mm -hmm. do, uh, you know, two, three, four exercises and stuff. It's like, oh man, let's see, let's see what we got, you know, right. because what's the point? You know, I mean, I think it's like on both sides. Like, yes, if you overwork someone, they're never going to want to come back. But if you underwork right. someone, also, they're never going to want to come back because it's like, why am I here? I'm just around all these dirty people. Like, you know, COVID is around here. Stuff is going on. Mm. Why am I even coming? So it's like, yeah, I try to find a, a, a middle ground in there no i think you're an excellent teacher i think you're just what i needed at the time and i think it's well i mean we said this before too right like how do you know you know something so well or how do you know you're really good at something it's when you're able to teach that same thing to somebody else right yep. that's kind of the uh the rite of passage when you've been involved in whatever said thing for so long to the extent that you can't teach somebody else like that's when you know you're excelling at that um yeah i mean I hope to reach that level, you know, someday soon and, and be able to kind of mentor somebody else. But as I've told you, you know, I think uh, before or after the podcast, whenever we record, is like, I just can't really do a public workout setting. If I'm at the gym, I'm there on my own by myself. I don't want anybody around me. 
I don't want to be working out with anybody. I, I just, I need to focus on myself because it's my escape. You know, there's been a few people I've asked me. I'm like, no, sorry, I'm good. You know, I'm pretty, I, I'm pretty humble. I'm pretty laid back. I'm pretty welcoming for the most part. But when it comes to the gym, I tell people to just kind of like fuck off. Like, I can't do it. You know, it's just Rude. something so personal to me. Hey, sorry, that's me. <laughs> you know, I think everybody has limits and that's, that's my limit. Anybody else in any other scenario, come to me and I'll, you know, welcome you with open arms. But if it's a gym, it's like, I got to do my own thing. Yeah. Um, but it's a very intimate you know, thing. Yeah. I think it's yeah. very intimate, you know, and in showing, I, I'm the same way. Like, I'm, I'm not the like, hey, fuck off. But like, I'll tell you something like, yeah, man, you should probably do this and then do that. And then it's just like, that's it. You know, I'm not trying to get into a conversation. And even yeah. taking friends as well, I've said, like, nah, like, I'm good. Because I feel like they're going to be messing around. And, and like I said, it's a really intimate thing, at least for me. Because when are you more more physically vulnerable than at the gym? Where literally, like, it's embarrassing. You know what I mean? Like, when you can't lift a certain way, like, fuck, man. Like, my friend's here, you know, it's just like he's watching me. And it's like, there's a cute girl over there. She's also watching me. Like, it's a very intimate thing and it can be a thing that a lot of people look to and it's like no like a lot of reason a uh, large reason why people don't get into the gym is like oh i don't want you know anyone to like see me sweat i don't want anyone to hear me you know see me like oh i'm really chunky first i gotta lose some weight and then go it's like no that's what uh, the I gym guess. is for literally yeah you know what i mean so uh, people in general are just vulnerable at the gym you know you get yeah. better the more you go but you know, I, I I take that seriously. So when I go, for sure, I'm just focused on myself because I'm focused so much on just doing what I have to do because it's such yeah. a difficult thing that, like, I can't be coaching people. I can't be doing other things because otherwise, again, that form might slip a little bit. I might be right. looking at that guy like, oh, was he doing it? Is he doing it the way I told him to? And then I get injured or something else happens. So, Yeah. No, yeah, you're right. Form is everything. and like. I uh I recently came across this uh, channel on YouTube. I think it's called the uh, OE Fitness, something like that. Shout out to them. It's basically this guy that just kind of goes over like bloopers at the gym or like people with just terrible form or just doing basically what you're not supposed to do at the gym. And mm -hmm. I really enjoy those videos. Like almost to the same extent as back in the day like, you know, going on Instagram and watching like funny reels or or clips or whatever. Like I kind of got over that. But it's like that is now exciting to me seeing other people fucking up at the gym because i've seen people messing up when i go to my gym you know and it's like should i say something should i not i'm like that's not my place you know i'm here for myself and myself only i can't be out here trying to like uh instruct people how to do their workouts because even i myself i'm not quite there yet right there's still a lot of yep. for me to learn my form isn't perfect all the time uh sometimes i'm even at the gym like slightly angry you know so it's like i'm almost working out more out of anger than i am out of trying to perfect my form or perfect what i'm doing right mm -hmm. but um yeah you know anyways kind of like point is you know everybody has a thing you know they got their their craft their pastime something that they can use to escape and i think it's really important to have those kinds of things in life um you know there's other people that i've talked to that don't quite have those things and I've noticed that they kind of get overwhelmed. It's like they're constantly drowning. They're always sinking. You know, it's like they're on the Titanic, 
you know, one way ticket to the bottom of the ocean. And they almost seem like helpless, you know, like mm. it makes it seem like they don't know what is missing in their life. And uh, I had met this person like, I guess this past year and just like through conversations, I, I told this person, you know, like, hey, like, well, you should hit the gym or you should go on a walk or we should hang out sometime or, you know, invite me over. Or let me invite you out to like get uh, some tea or something, you know, because I think at the time I was trying to stop drinking coffee. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, I don't know, maybe just I got too much to do right now. And I'm like, wow. That's terrible, <laughs> you know, like, because I remember that's how I kind of used to be at one point, too. You know, and I'm like, they don't get it. It's like they're missing something. And I think that's what it comes down to. It's it's a pastime, a craft, you know, something to kind of distract you with, something to allow you to de-stress, to remove whatever anger you have within within yourself, you know. Because um, if you don't got that, it's like you're out of whack. You're out of balance, right? And we've all met those people that are super angry all the time or super pissed off. I mean, we have a yeah. friend that, that used to kind of have, like, anger issues, you know, mm-hmm. that kind of, like, caught us off guard on a few occasions you know um and i still think about that to this day like i think when you're when you've reached a point where you haven't reflected where you haven't taken care of yourself and you let it get so out of control to the point where now it starts affecting your loved ones or the people around you like that's a huge issue you know um Mm -hmm. not only is it a disservice to yourself but now it's a disservice to everybody that you love right and i don't know i just i've lost respect for a lot of people that are like that you know i genuinely love all people and I, of course i'd give anybody a second chance to redeem themselves and all that but at the end of the day it's like if you don't recognize the issue when you're angry at people yelling at people or taking out whatever you got inside out on other people it's like there's no room for a conversation there's no room for a hey how you doing it's like how about I let you get back to yourself, you know, make some adjustments, reflect within yourself before we even try to hang out or, or do anything, right? Yeah. Um, that's just not a healthy way of living. But, you know, that's just kind of what I see out there. Is like there's people with a lot of mental issues, angry, depressed, frustrated, you know, X, Y, and Z, you name it. And I think mm-hmm. that's one of the things it kind of comes down to is they just don't have anything external besides work to kind of alleviate that yeah i agree i mean you for sure need a balance and something i was thinking about as you were talking was you know we've talked about like how you can have certain genetic gifts um when you go mm. into something like the gym is a thing right you have genetic gifts and it makes sense and we acknowledge that like oh you can have genetic gifts because it's something out of your control that you may just be born with. Something we don't acknowledge as much, though, is psychological or mental strength mm. in terms of, like, similar to genetics. I don't, it, I don't think it comes from genetics, but I think it originates from your childhood, from being young, from your experiences, where it might as well be a genetic thing because it's built into your life. And it's built into your life at such a young age most of the time. And you have no control of it, over it, right? So that's why I feel like 
we can actually equate it to genetics because and i mentioned this because the the thing that you're saying right like people have to be balanced 100 percent. also something i was talking about with a, a friend was like oh who would you you know what sort of like how does like your ideal partner look like right and and i'm answering this as like my you know uh, uh an ideal girlfriend an ideal wife an ideal friend anything just any any person that i i actually want to invest my time into and say like hey i want you in my life you know i hope that you want me in your life so on and so forth okay. and the first thing that i said to her was like i feel like i need them to understand what suffering is and naturally whenever someone says something like that everyone looks at me like what like that sounds <laughs> kind of sounds kind of evil you know like what do you mean suffering like why would you want someone to suffer mm-hmm. and it comes back to this, you know, mental strength being almost like a genetic thing, something that you collect through your life. The thing that I told her was, I have suffered in my life. And, and even though I wouldn't like to continue suffering and I wouldn't like my friends or my family or my future kids to continue suffering, I understand now that it was an absolute necessity to becoming who I am. And furthermore, now looking at, you know, who my significant other might be, who future friends might be, I need to be able to communicate to them, with them, how I'm feeling, how I view the world. And the thing that I've realized, and this is not to be, I mean, it is a generalization, so I'll take an L on this because I, I don't like generalizations, but most Caucasian white people I've met just don't seem to have an edge to them. And that edge that I'm talking about, I think, comes from that, from not suffering. It's not to say like, hey, they live great, easy lives. No, 100%. They suffer. You know, their their uncles and aunts pass away. Their dogs pass away. There's grief in their life. That's 100% there. What I'm talking about, though, is a much more long and endured suffering that to me, I've only ever seen that in minorities. Mexican people, uh, Indian people, uh, African-American people, like those are the people that I really, when I see them and I talk to them, I can see that they understand what I'm saying because there are certain things that you just can't explain. You know what I mean? If you just, if you haven't experienced it, you can't explain it, right? It's like uh, the generation that was like adults during 9-11, like they can't explain that to their kids, like the fear that they were feeling because they weren't yeah. there. They, they didn't really feel that. Right. I mean, I saw it on the TV, but even I don't understand that fear because I was still a kid when that was going on. Sure. In that same sense, you know, again, even though it sounds like a dark thing, it sounds like a, like, why would you want someone to suffer? It's like every person I've met that hasn't had some sort of suffering lives a very idealistic life. And on some level, I wish I could live that life because all they want is a good house, to have kids, you know, send them to summer camp, go to other soccer games, like buy a golden retriever. Like, and even though, like, yes, on some level, I want that, it's like they, that's, that's their primary goal. Why? Because there hasn't been any sort of other suffering. And so they live these very movie-like, I think, lives. You know, again, still with suffering, still with some, mm. some, some bad moments, but just overall, it's it sunshines. 
you know, maybe yeah. a couple of clouds every now and then. And so then that's why when I start looking to the future, I think, you know, again, this is all just still from my perspective. They start looking to the future and they look for a very sunshine future, you know, and when they don't see that, when they don't get there, that's when they're like, what the hell, what's going on? There's devastation. Right? Whereas for everyone else who has experienced suffering, it's like, oh, okay. So a, difficult t- so a difficult time ahead. All right, cool. Um, yeah, like you said, <laughs> more of the same. We'll, we'll, we'll get used to it. We'll get through it. And it's like, that's how you get people, the difference between people freaking out when their Starbucks spills over versus someone <laughs> who doesn't even blink an eye when their tire pops you know on their super old car why because just you're used to different sorts of suffering you're used to different sorts of like ooh, life is testing me okay cool yeah. we've been here before or ooh, my coffee just spilled in my car like oh my god why is this happening to me like why me you know it's like yeah the self-victimization different levels of suffering well to to add to that, right? Because like I've I've said, like I do try to go out of my way to kind of talk to everybody as much as possible to kind of get to know people. And I'm not saying I'm necessarily an expert on this or knowing people in general, but you know, I try at least to to have a conversation with as many people as possible. And I would say that is one of the hardest things to to try to do when, like, say for me, for example, being Hispanic, Mexican American. Latino, whatever, you know, trying to kind of communicate with other people is uh, trying to bridge that gap, that cultural gap, right? It's so difficult trying to explain to somebody that isn't a minority in this country what it means to, you know, come from a background where your parents at one point or another didn't have papers, you know, to legally be in this country or them having to cross illegally into this country or them not knowing the language and therefore having a very thick accent and me not being able to describe to my own parents certain things in the native language that we speak here. You know, all these little things that really aren't so little, but they're made to seem little or insignificant because on the other hand, it's like, oh, well, you know, you should know these things. If you want to live in this country, you should speak the language. Or if you live in this country, you should be born here legally, you know? Yeah. Um, and it is difficult to kind of describe that and explain that to people. And, and so I, I would agree with that, although it is a generalization. And not everybody, you know. I think yep. some people genuinely do try and make an effort to try to understand that. But even for those people, it's difficult for them to really understand, right? Yeah. 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 It's, it's not everyone, you know, not to. Like, for example, like, you know, I know, like, a lot of in the Midwest, a lot of, like, white people grow up in, like, trailer homes and shit like they're very under the poverty line mm. that i would attribute to suffering you know that is very much suffering yeah. they know what they're they know what it's like to maybe not have food or they know what it's like to wear their older siblings clothes or whatever it is that yeah. is fine I, it's not a suffering not is not restricted to a race especially these days but yeah at least you know where we grew up in california and even here now that I'm in Arizona, like it just seems like I can't, you know, have a legitimate, legitimate conversation with like a Caucasian white person because all they're thinking about is, so uh, what's your favorite Netflix show? Um, so like, do you like dogs or do you like, it's like, it's such 
Very it seems like they're superficial. It seems yeah, that's what I'm saying. It seems like superficial questions to us. I know for them it's not though. I know for them that really matters a lot. You know, their astrology thing, that stuff matters to them. Why? Because they haven't gone through things that we've gone through. So me, right, walking up to 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 a girl or whatever and trying to talk to her, I'm asking the real shit personally, you know, which I know to them might be like intrusive, like, oh, why are you asking me these very personal questions? Like, yeah, you know, I just met you. Like to me, it's like that's everything. That that yeah. is the stuff. Who you are, right? And then I can't, I can't negate that part of who I am. You know what yeah. I mean? And and I I was in a relationship where she was very like sunshines and rainbows like all the time, and. Uh, literally to this day like i remember she would say like my only goal in life is like to uh to raise kids to be happy and to for them to be able to eat like lobster and i'm just like "Eh, that's the only goal like that's (laughs) that's 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 the one like i'm not saying i don't want my kids to eat lobster like yeah i want to eat lobster i want my kids to eat lobster too yeah but that's the thing that's that was the goal and and she had such like happy memories from like her childhood where they would play like family olympics and you know they would like mess around and it's like me as an adult i'm like a child i'm like oh my god that would be so cool like i wish i could do that like that's amazing like that's great but at the same time hearing her talk about that it's like you know she's like oh what what do you guys do like when you were a kid like yeah we we didn't have olympics you know (laughs) we didn't have olympics we yeah my childhood and all i would always say was just like my childhood was was just not your childhood you know and there's that disconnect there that it's like as much as both of us actually tried to find some connection in between there it was just too large of a disconnect in the end yeah where i just couldn't tell her and explain to her enough why i stayed up so late why i cared so much about a stupid class that nobody cared about i yeah. i couldn't you know what i mean and i knew that it, even if i could find some way she wouldn't be able to to understand and to be fair she was a she 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 was a minority she wasn't white so you know even even minorities you know, yeah sometimes don't understand yeah yeah no for sure i think it is yeah no it's definitely difficult to find that common ground in between different cultures or even subcultures you know like we said even within uh mexican people right you have your mexican americans you have your uh native mexicans right born in mexico uh you have people that were brought from a very young age from mexico that were born in mexico but grew up here and know know a single word of spanish right there's a lot of uh subcomponents to the culture that is mexican right Mm -hmm. but yeah it's, it's weird to find that common ground sometimes i mean to one of my friends, like, of course, in a joking sense, right? Like, sometimes I'd be like, dude, shut up. Like, you don't even have a culture. You're always trying to steal other people's <laughs> cultures, you know? Yeah. And, like, it was just kind of like a joke. But then, like, I realized, like, wait, I think I was kind of onto something there without even knowing. You know, mm. like, I think there might be some some partial truth to that. Um, Like, as a kid, growing up and seeing, like, people wearing the Chevy's sombreros for, like, Halloween or whatever always rubbed me the wrong way mm-hmm. like from the the restaurant chevys yeah yeah, yeah. It, like it just always rubbed me the wrong way i'm like why is this a thing like i mean of course you go to mexico i go to mexico right we've gone right 
when we go, you don't actually see people wearing those sombreros. Like definitely not from Chevy's. No, like that's like a, a stereotype sombrero. Maybe like way back in the day, like Pancho Villa days. Yeah. Maybe. But like it You're still did not resemble ones? that. Yeah. But it, yeah, it didn't really resemble that though, you know? Yeah. It was something totally different. And that's just kind of like I don't know, making a mockery of our own culture, you know? It's the equivalent of like when you see somebody wearing um the hats that farmers, I think like Asian farmers wear, right? It's uh, essentially like a like a a triangle yeah. or like like an upside down cone. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. like a white cone. Mm-hmm. Right. And you see other people wearing that and you're like, what are you what are you doing? That, <laughs> that is just bad. That's that's a that's just fucking bad, man. Yeah, you know. And of course, today it nowadays it's it's hard to not be you know sensitive to these things right everybody's always like oh great another thing that they don't allow us to do anymore but it's like no but we should be more sensitive to these things because mm-hmm. especially if that has nothing to do with your background or your culture or your heritage what gives you the right to make a mockery of these things right it's i don't know it's always been something that's like very sensitive for me like it rubs me the wrong way. I've never been able to quite find a common ground when trying to discuss that openly with other people, right? Again, even within our own culture, right? Other people that are also Mexican-American. I explain it to them, they're just like, whatever, bro. Like, it's just a fucking Mexican sombrero. I'm like, yeah, okay, for sure. You know, it's more than that, you know? Yeah. It's a symbol. I think anything that you could define as a symbol of somebody's culture, heritage, or background should be respected. You know, because I think at the end of the day, what I've learned the most when it comes down to trying to meet different people, have open discussions about sensitive topics, it's respect, right? When it comes down to like sensitive things, something that you might consider a sensitive topic or something that just makes you feel vulnerable, it's respect. You know, when you were helping me out through all my problems, you never lost respect for me, right? When you were telling me these things, like, face-to-face, you know, the bare naked truth, right, how they say, I never lost respect for you either, right? And as long as we were able to keep that respect there, we were able to kind of build from there. But the second that you lose respect for someone, good luck trying to conversate with them. Good luck trying to make them understand. Good luck trying to even have any discussions, right? It won't even get to that point. And I think that's really what's going on in this country sometimes. It's not that people are oversensitive. It's not that the LGBTQ community wants, you know, to turn America upside down. It's what it comes down to is literally just a matter of respect. If you knew what respect was, if you knew how you wanted to be treated, it should be no issue trying to treat other people the same way. But again, you know, people don't really value respect, I think, as much as they used to. I don't know. Seems like yeah. a thing of the past. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think. Yeah, man, it's it's difficult to to explain these things, really. Because yeah. like, here you're saying it to me, and I'm just nodding ahead. Like, yeah, everything you're saying makes sense. And I say things, and you're not ahead because everything you do, you know, I say makes sense to you. Why? Again, there's that shared culture. Number one, but number two again is that the suffering thing like i know why that bothers you that someone wears a sombrero that's like part of our culture right because i've seen things like that as well that bother me 
And I do wish there would be some like sort of way to like let other people like know about this. You know what I mean? Because people often look to like um same culture marriage is something that's like sometimes like, oh, you know, like, oh, you know, maybe you shouldn't like marry someone that's in your same culture. Now as I'm growing older, like I kind of see the reason why. You know, I'm not I'm not one of those like oh, you should definitely marry in your culture, like conserve, you know, whatever your bloodline or whatever. That's, that's, some, <laughs> you know, some Nazi shit for sure. Yeah. Um, but I definitely see now why people would, you know, why people would be slightly more attracted to someone that's in their own culture because yeah. it's easier in a sense. It's, yeah. Right? I was going to say the same thing. You don't have to, you don't have to go through these difficult conversations and say like, hey, sit down. Like, this is what I want you to explain. Like, this is why this is bad. This is why this bothers people in my culture. This mm-hmm. is why I wake up every morning to work out. This thing that you think is insignificant is actually my entire world and my entire existence. Mm-hmm. Right? Those are the conversations that like, if you're within your same culture, and again, like you said, there's variations, even subcultures where it may not be true. But most of the time, if you're in your same culture, or to me at least, in my experiences, within like minority cultures, you don't have to explain those things. You know, you especially don't have to explain it within your own culture. But even like I had like, or I still do like have some like African-American friends. And even though I knew my suffering wasn't their suffering and their suffering wasn't my suffering, like we knew what we were talking about. You know, when she told me certain things that she would go through, I didn't know exactly how it felt. But I've had similar experiences where I was like, yep, like, yeah, I totally understand what you mean. Like, yeah, I've gone through something similar, you know, not on the same level. I've gone through this. And then same thing with her. When I would explain things to her, she would be like, yeah, man, that like that really sucks. Like, I'm, I'm sorry I had to go through that. Like, I went through something similar. And it was always, it was literally like we were on repeat. Like, the, the cassette was just broken because we were just say something and i would be like yeah i've gone through something like that too like she would say something like yeah i've gone through something like that too mm-hmm. and it wasn't forced there wasn't anything of that sort we were in a different culture but we knew again i think that universal language is, is just suffering in my opinion like seeing yeah. and understanding what it is to not have something to want to achieve something so badly and this is something that I think until the day I die, like, I will be trying to make people understand, like, why do you care so much? Why are you so intense? Like, why do you do this? Why are you waking up every day to work out? Like, just rest your body. Like, you don't understand. If you're asking me those questions, here's the thing. Even, like, my mom, even, like, people who I know ask me those questions, right? So that's, like, what you're saying, right? Even people within your culture might not understand certain things. And so I've said this before to you, like, I acknowledge that because there aren't a lot of people like me or like you in general, sometimes it's just a lonely way up the road. You know, it's a lonely mm-hmm. way to the top, as they say. Lonely, lonely walk to the top or whatever. Yeah. For that reason. Not because there aren't more people like us, but because it's hard to find people that truly understand what you're trying to say on every sort of level of like do you know what suffering is like all right cool you do know what that is do you know what really suffering is like 
Do you know what really wanting to do something so badly that your entire life literally depends on just, it seems so stupid to say, but just like my entire life, it feels like every single time I wake up to go to the gym at six in the morning, I literally feel as if my life like depends on it. Right? Mm -hmm. Not that I'm going to die if I don't do it, but that I'm just going to fail my entire life if I don't. I mean, and that's something that I, I can't go into detail and explain to you how I feel that way. You either understand it or you just don't understand it. There's just, there's yeah. no, there's no in between about that. I mean, because if you don't understand it, there's no way I can explain it to you. It just comes from like right here. Mm -hmm. And, and there's no way to, to explain certain things in life. You've either seen it or you haven't seen it. You've either felt it or you haven't felt it. Yeah. There's no in between sometimes. No, I, I agree. I mean, I don't even realize the, the importance of that until I actively went out of my way to chase that, that very same feeling, you know, to, it's a different feeling, you know, it's a feeling of like true, true passion, you know, and understanding commitment. Like it, it takes everything out of you, you know? Um, yeah. Unfortunately, some people don't have that. You know, can it be obtained? Maybe. I don't know if it would be the same, though, you know, because some people really are culturally born with that. You know, it's not that it was purposely ingrained in you. It's just that your parents and past generations went through that and therefore it's passed on to you, you know. Yeah. And might as well did. be a genetics. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. To a certain extent. Yeah. I mean, yeah, because. I know both of my parents have struggled. They've definitely suffered their fair share. I know that both from both sides of my family, their parents have, have suffered. You know, my grandparents, um, they endured hard times. When I hear about it too, you know, in conversations with my family, like this recent time that I went to Mexico or just other conversations that I have with my parents, and I hear about some of the things that I they went through, it's like I, perhaps it's me being the compassionate person that I am, but I, I feel the anger. I feel that pain. I feel that suffering. You know, mm -hmm. it, um, it's not as easy as saying like, oh yeah, bro, it sucks. It has nothing to do with that. It's just like, unfortunately, these people had to go through it, but fortunately they persevered. They strived through that. They were able to chase that, you know, and conquer that, whatever it may have been that struggle. Right. Mm -hmm. And like you're saying, you know, like saying when it comes to like, meeting other people, perhaps more of an emphasis on, on romance. If there wasn't a struggle at some point in, in your lineage, right, in your family, in your heritage, it's kind of hard to really understand one another. You know, I have talked to, to a lot of uh, women that had a very easy life. I think the biggest struggle that they had was what color they were going to get their nails done, you know, and whether or not they're mom or dad was going to send them money to get them done. And I'd just be like, oh, boy. Like, that's that's weird. And they'd be like, mm -hmm. yeah, but, like, uh, how's your day? And I'm over here, like, worrying about work, worrying about, you know, all my other yeah. things I got going on in my personal life. I'm like, no, nothing. No, no, nothing. Just, ah, what exactly. do you want to get for dinner? What do you, you want to get for dinner? say anything. It's just no, no. the gap is so large that, like, where do you start? And you don't start yeah. anywhere most of the time. You're just like, yeah, yeah, I mean, my life is good. Yeah, my life is good. Yeah, I'm doing well, like, all right. 
the worst part is that it's almost off-putting, right? Yeah. Like to bring up these things and try to explain it. It's literally like off-putting. People are like, all right, bro, chill out. Like life isn't that bad. For you, it's not. Exactly. But you like, would never you understand. Take it too seriously. That's why I say yeah. right. You're taking life too seriously, man. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, what other ways is it supposed to be then? You mm-hmm. know? Yeah, it's it's very weird. I mean, I don't want to say it's like unique to this area that we grew up in, but you know, as we previously stated on this podcast, you know, where we grew up, there is a lot of people that were well off, you know, and a lot of them having multiple generations in this very exact same town. You know, I don't want to say back to the days of when this town was was founded, but you mm. know, almost just about. It seemed like it because it's like these people have never seen a person of color. It's like these people have never seen what it, why would somebody would want to be selling roses on the corner of a street or why somebody would want to, you know, have a little uh, post of, of like food, you know, right next to a store. Right. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, well, they should go get a food permit. I'm like, yeah, of course they should, but they can't. <laughs> like yeah. in an ideal world, of course, it'd be great if they could. Right. But things like aren't people, that easy. Yeah, it's like people asking like African American people like, Well, just cooperate with the with the police stop and you'll be fine. It's like you don't understand. Like this is not something that just happened last couple of years. Like yeah. the institution itself was created to fucking keep them in line when they were still slaves. Yeah. You know, after the emancipation, after the thirteenth amendment. They were still it's like are those people still in law enforcement no all those people are dead but the fundamentals of the institution are still in place that's that's the part that people just don't realize like really like you think all this frustration and hate and fear and anger just came about a last couple of years no man like this is something that's been stewing in the pot of this country for fucking decades yeah centuries in some cases for other populations you know so yeah. it's like and again there's there's never a questioning you know i know about that because when all that stuff was going on i was like huh there seems to be something underneath this you know i don't think yeah. that this is just like all of a sudden this happened and now there's all this whole like revolution and everyone's mad like no something something bigger is at stake here why yeah. did i assume that one because we live in the united states that's just how the government operated back then and to some extent continues to operate. And two, minorities always get thrown under the bus. Why is yeah. the country a shit? Yep, minorities. Because just we take turns. It's one minority, and then it's the other minority. And it's like, damn, the country's kind of starting to suck again. Oh yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. It's the Asian people now. It's the Asian people. Like, yeah. oh, okay. Okay, for sure. All right. Yeah. No, I mean I was gonna I was gonna bring it up earlier, but I couldn't find the, the way to bring it up. But that's another thing that's difficult to try to explain to people too. Is like, well, why why are your people like this, right? When they're like, you know, in quotation marks referring to you and your your culture, right? I'm like, um, have you ever had the issue where the country that you reside in thinks you're the enemy? Yeah, I don't think so. Right. Where, you know, you're literally being blamed for things. I don't think We'll ever will ever reach a point where people that are Mexican or Mexico, the country itself, aren't blamed for a lot of the things that's happening on the border. You know, I don't think there'll ever be a point where we can move past that. A lot of this thing that the things that happen in this country with people like blaming people that are like of uh, 
say like African descent, you know, African Americans, anybody from the black community, right? For blaming them, like what's going on in certain scenarios, right? In certain low income communities or in the prison system or whatever, you know, like a lot of these things, they're just never going to go away. You know, that's part of the problem in this country. And that's why it's been off put for so long. That's why there's so much like stuff that's kind of like exploding, you know, all at once. And people are like kind of shocked. Right. But it's because of that, that doesn't allow us to heal and move on because a lot of people are like, Oh, well, okay. Well, you know, it didn't happen towards you. It happened towards your, you know, relatives from back in the day. You know, we're not the ones that are racist. It was the people from back in the day, right? It's like, why not just let it go? It's like, I'm pretty sure people have wanted to let this go. But because there's so much things that have been, you know, brewing up for so long, it doesn't allow the actual healing to start. So many right? things. Too much. Too much to name, you know? But again, I think we could always tie it back to respect. You know, I might not be black. I might not be Asian. I might not be, uh, you know, indigenous. I might not be these different cultures, but I respect them. I embrace them. I want to learn more about them. I want to be as respectful as possible to try to imagine what they have gone through, where they come from, what their struggle may be, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's just kind of what it comes down to. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I I agree, and I also disagree in a part. I don't think it's something that's going to be. I think it's something that'll be along. Yeah, forever on some level, but mm. I don't think it'll be on this level forever. I think it's just inevitable. You can't have this level of hostility in a population and sustain the country. Either something has to give some snap of just more riots, more things of that sort, or hopefully, you know, these things lead to discussions, the discussions lead to changes, so on and so forth. Will this be solved in the next 10 years? No chance. 30 years now. I'm talking about like multiple decades to potentially centuries. That is something that, like, with time, with communication, will erode on some level. The problem, again, is that is an ideal scenario in thinking that, okay, this moment right here in history, that's what we're trying to solve. Let's try to talk about this, blah, 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 time passes. But that's assuming that in between this point and whatever future point, nothing else happens. Which right. is and it's just logical. Something will happen. Maybe not on the see, same that, level, but something yeah. happens to remind you of like, oh, that thing that happened to my ancestors, like, oh, I thought it was different. Actually that just happened to me last week. Right. right. On a less right. level on a on a much lower level, right? I, I wasn't maybe physically attacked. Maybe I was just told something on the street when I was driving. So it's just this constant psychological reminders of like well, this is what's going on, and this is how we're perceived. And again, your your experiences are almost genetic. You're grown, you grow up, and you're told, "Hey, this is how you need to act around policemen. Hey, this is what you need to do around these people. Hey, mm-hmm. you know, when someone says this to you, just keep walking. Don't, don't, don't even like talk to them or, or acknowledge them. Those are the things that like 
when people say like, hey, that happened to like your great, great grandfather. Why are you still tripping over that in a sense? Like, no, that happened to my great, great grandfather and my great grandfather and my father and his brother and my uncle. And yesterday happened to me. Yeah. You know? So it's like, it really isn't something that we've left in the past. Um, but anyways, no. that that shared, you know, on the plus side, the optimist side of that, like that shared suffering that we as minorities have does yield a stronger bond and relationship with the people that we do meet that are mm-hmm. within those certain cultures, those certain minorities. Yeah. Right. And I don't know. I, I at least like to you know look at it as like the glass half full, like on that level. I've connected like super deeply, like right away with someone because I know like, oh, they've gone through that, like that, that, that must've sucked. And I've gone yeah. through this and I knew that sucked. So, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, to, to be the devil's advocate to that, right. I do think that struggle can be universal. Uh, you know, as you mentioned, there's different parts of this country where, where people of all uh, backgrounds, suffer right but i'd like to think that someday there'll be more unity in this country and it won't just be because oh well you're on the left side or on the right side and that's who you're uniting with like no 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 it's both sides coming together it's all the subcultures it's all the sub communities like everybody coming together at least in terms of respect at least in terms of compassion like okay i know where you're coming from okay i'd like to say that that might happen someday but realistically i could see there being like a world war three before that happens you know it's like oh yeah you know we know you guys were uh fighting for your uh rights and and wanted things to be different but hey guess what there's another war and we kind of need you guys to go fight for us but prove to us your loyalty for this country and then we'll maybe discuss things afterwards or something you know you look confused yeah i'm really confused i don't know i don't know what to say to that what were you what are what are you saying what do you what do you mean world war the world war three caught me off guard like what war well just like a big war or something or like just a war in general that this country goes to right yes or is involved in i feel like that's more likely to happen before the country actually you know fully 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 healing so you're saying <laughs> you're saying we're more likely to go into World War Three than the country healing itself. Yeah. <laughs> well, just say that from the beginning. <laughs> um we have a non believer here, everyone. Um but No, I want to believe, but that's the thing that's like <laughs> I think it's more likely for that to happen before we actually get to that point. You know? It's like what mm. would be a perfect distraction to keep the country from rioting more and going more into turmoil and all this? Hey guys, we need to come together because there's this war happening. You need to fight for this country. Hmm. You know? Yeah. I don't see the direct connection, but but yeah. It's it's all a conspiracy. <laughs> it really does sound like a conspiracy to me. And that's where you cut me off. <laughs> uh, and that's where, yeah, we cut this episode off. No, yeah. That's um, that's the after hours, right? The podcast. Yeah, I mean, who knows? I think um I said it before, I think it was in that patriotism episode we said it, um, or I said it, the most beautiful thing I love about this country is the diversity of it. Like, I just, yeah. I, I, I love it. And I think if we can all get to a certain point 
or maybe not everyone has to love it, but at least acknowledge it and appreciate it. Mm. Like, here's the thing. No one ever complains about diversity when you live in New York or, or LA and you're like, oh, what do you want to have today? Like, oh, Indian food. Uh, no, I don't want Indian food. I actually want Japanese food. Like, oh, what about Mexican food? No, maybe Thai food. It's like, no one complains about diversity when they're going to go stuff their fucking faces. Like, mm. there's food out there from all these different cultures. No one ever says like, oh, no, ew, that's from that culture. If you like the food, <laughs> you like the damn food. Like, Let's get some chow mein. Um, yeah. You know, just to say that's 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 my personal favorite thing about this this country. Quan, that I think and you might have just ended racism. <laughs> that and the ambition. Some people don't like it. Some people prefer to go uh, else other places. But I'm like crazy ambitious, and and I love that this country, for the most part, is. And that's why I really loved when I went to New York because I was just like, ooh, there's a city full of hustlers. Also a city that's like one paycheck away from being homeless because the rent is so high. But that's also a huge reason why they're the hustling. freedom to right? be homeless. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's why they're fighting so hard. That's why they hustle so much. Yeah, as you stare at the Statue of Liberty, she stares <laughs> at you back while you sleep on the streets. Yeah. It's a very real image, though. I mean, I, I, I like that. I prefer that over going to a country... And the government setting up like all the tourist locations, like, oh, we're an awesome country. We're a utopia. We're a paradise. It's like, oh, you don't want to go to North Korea? Like, no, shut up. You know, you're, no, I don't want to see that one chunky kid in the the store (laughs) eating an apple. (laughs) Surrounded by a bunch of fake fruit. Surrounded by a bunch of fake fruit. Uh, People just like smiling, waving. Shout out to the interview. Uh, That was a funny movie. Uh, have you seen the actual documentary when like people have gone to north korea and they're Mm. trying to film all the behind the scenes stuff for the stuff that they don't want you to see partly partly yeah and like the tour guides get all angry at you like you can't be recording this yeah but i told you i told you that's that's one of the things i really loved about new york like it doesn't pretend to be a perfect city it doesn't i think like something like la really because it's like hollywood pretends to be this glamorous sparkly you know beverly hills place New York really, like, does not give a fuck. Like, yes, we are a city full of, like, a bunch of homeless with rats, with uh, stinky streets, where we're also a, his- a historical city. We're also a city full of, like I said, hustlers, great restaurants, diversity, like, all of the above. That's mm-hmm. what I like. Like, you know, when are you going to find comedians in other certain countries, <clears throat> Russia? talking shit about politicians in the country and like hmm. yeah anyways yeah i wonder what comedians are like in russia maybe they bring that up they don't exist that might be true yeah that might be true and if yeah, they I did mean, they no longer exist yeah r.i.p yeah. it'd be like a underground kind of thing right it's like you have to yeah. know a guy who knows a guy who knows a guy to take you to the venue and it's like literally like somebody's like backyard with like a tent over it and everybody's yeah. like whispering to each other, like, hey, Even then, this, is a, this is a joke. And everybody's like, what's this? Even then, oh, I feel shit. like eventually they just, it sounds fucked up, but I feel like eventually they just, they're just killed off. I mean, yeah. Because by necessity, art has to be free, right? Loop all the way to art. Art has to be a free form. And you can't be free in a form when you're like, don't talk about this and don't talk about that. And if you say that, you're going to go to jail for 15 years. 
literally that that is they passed a new law like if you critique the war you're gonna go to jail for 15 years i mean like yeah so i'd much rather live in a place like california although there's people like kim kardashian that live here but hey we'll take that (laughs) (laughs) hey what's your problem with her man (laughs) uh your grievances out i have nothing against kim kardashian i just have everything against the kardashians so it's not specifically to the Kim to Kim. It's not her. It's just her family and everything she stands for, <laughs> and also the reason why she's famous when you really think about it. But okay. and I'm not talking. I'm not talking about back in OJ days. I'm talking a little bit more recent than that. I think we all know what we're talking about. Yeah, you know. But again, we're all this. This the United States. Where else were you gonna? Are you gonna find one of hers? Nowhere. Well, actually. Not true, because Kanye ended up finding another chick that looks exactly like her as his new side piece or girlfriend. Yeah, but where she, where he find her in this country? Oh yeah, yeah. America, we got two Kim Kardashians. <laughs> we have the power. We have the power. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, I'm I'm good off of that. That's so that honestly, when you really break it down, because like we were discussing this in the previous podcast too, right? Like California mm. and like all the advantages and stuff. That's literally the only thing that kind of I don't like, I would say. Kim Kardashian? No, no, no. It's like it has nothing to do with like politics. It has nothing to do with actual like, I don't know, money related things. It's like, it's the fact that there's such ignorant people that live here, you know, being those celebrities or whatever that are so full of themselves. Because again, they don't really quite understand struggle. It's like they're literally like the modern day uh, Roman Empire emperors or whatever where they have people like feeding grapes in their mouth. Like they're the modern queens. day version of that. Yeah, you know, where they expect to be treated like royalty and, you know, if they show up to a restaurant and they're sat down like a minute late, oh, well, there goes into that business because Twitter's going to hear about it. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. I, don't, I don't like all that. That's like a, a very weird, distinct lifestyle that I would never want to be a part of and, hopefully never even get close to experiencing because that's just like terrible. Yeah. Know? Being well, like Tom Cruise for a day. Imagine that. <laughs> I was going to say, well, the population is, is biting back because a bunch of them are getting canceled, <laughs> but um, canceled yeah. really for them just means like their net worth is like cut in half, if anything, but they're still rich. So Yeah, they're still going to be rich. Once you have money like that and connections oh, no, like that. Don't cancel me. I don't want to. Be, still be a millionaire <laughs> when you're <laughs> when you're done with this <laughs> yeah it's like the second like somebody shares a, a a tweet about you trying to cancel you like you're on the phone fix this right now i'm not mm. trying to lose millions of dollars you know and then like a few seconds later they post a video of them on instagram so i just want to begin by apologizing for my actions i really don't want to lose my money <clears throat> my position in this movie <clears throat> i mean i don't want to be i don't want to come off as this person i'm really not like this right i think that's what but it really is when it comes down to it but hey if people don't want to see that that's okay they can keep living in a uh, fantasy la la land that's exactly it shout and... out to kim k <laughs> that you didn't fucking like her now you're shouting her out have a weird have hey. a weird conflicting thing anyways let's wrap it up um, you have a a wow in mind, or me? Well, oh, you are the God. only other person I'm talking to. <laughs> wait, wait, me? Uh, oh, I thought you were talking to Kim K. Yeah, yeah, nice. Mm-hmm. Um, 
No, I mean, this was kind of, I mean, considering the last episode was kind of like, you know, no actual guidelines and stuff. I mean, this was completely different than what I was expecting. Hmm. Um, no, I mean, final thoughts. I don't know. I'm going to just stick to the the thing I was talking about, respect. You know? I hmm. think uh, last podcast, I kind of wanted a little message to send people off with. And I guess this time I'll do the same. Is, uh, you know, if you ever wake up one day and you feel... I don't know, either embarrassed or ashamed of yourself, of your culture, or you feel insignificant, um, you know, realize that you should have a lot more respect for yourself and at the same time have more respect for others. You know, if somebody puts you down, that's okay. They're not respecting themselves, you know, but it has nothing against you. They're just coming from a low place, but don't go down to their level you know have some respect for yourself treat yourselves like the kings and queens you are you know um build yourselves up don't bring each other down um yeah respect uh we'll leave it there that's about it all right well we appreciate you listening to this episode um we'll see if it's audio or video as well we'll figure it out Either way, we'll catch you guys next episode. Yeah. Deuces.